This is lab testing, a place where the poems and sometimes the poets are placed under the microscope. I am Adrian McKenzie, we have Renard Yearby, and today's spotlight, we have Mr. D.L. Davis, otherwise mm -hmm. known to you as One Love. We're going to be going through a poem or a few of his, getting a greater understanding of his motivations, the bits that you might have missed. How you gentlemen doing? Good. Good. All right. So um, here we go. I am a ghetto bastard. Born in the heart of L.A., lost angels. Raised in alleyways, streets devoid of hope with dim light, so it was hard to see the future, the concrete jungle. At the crossroads of chaos and disorder, where I learned a few tricks, saw chicks turn a few tricks, and shallow holes swallow chocolate bodies whole. The stage was set. The scene isn't pretty, but everyone knew their role. I am Martin's dream. Deferred but not given up on. I come from a family of coke lines to writing dope lines, and I love the high. I am anger and resentment. I am the raging beast who is calmed by the music of my wife's voice whenever she speaks. She reminds me. Life. Life is not always black and white. Life is a rainbow in a bag. Trayvon, it's 50 shades of gray. Freddy, there's various hues and beauty in the blues, especially when the lady sees it. I am a mean mugging with a cold stone exterior, but I turn gooey like putty when I hit grandpa and daddy. I am the son who speaks silently in codes only my wife can decipher. I am lyrics that married melodies and gave birth to hope in a manger for all to adore. I am priceless. Abstract with a big complexity, but you saw through all my flaws and put a ring on it. Now I know my worth. I am cool as Morris Day. Smooth as a body sax on a jazz track. I'm woke. I know. Skin is the biggest organ, but my melody makes it a sensation. I am a Georgia Road from Ahmaud Arbery, a Texas Lane from Sandra Bland, a Staten Island street corner from every corner. This quarantine is not new to me. Hell, I've been scared to go somewhere for fear of dying for almost 50 years. And I'm still here. And that, that has got to count for something. One love. The title, Who Am I? Mm. Why, why this poem? Why now? Like, yeah, why That's, now? Why, why write about this now? Okay. Great question. <laughs> Let me, okay. Um, a few months ago, via uh, Instagram, the challenge was presented um, it, and it's called the Who Am I Challenge. And from what I understand, when I come in, right, um, this cat by the name of Obi West mm -hmm. started it. I could be wrong, but from, from what I know, Obi West started it and then 
Prentice Power got a hold of. That's when I, I saw his piece first. He was like, you know, thank you. Um, I accept the challenge, and it's called Who Am I? And I was sprung at that point. I was hooked. Prentice did his uh, piece, and I was like, yo, I, I want to do that. Now, the, the crazy thing is, so, so that's why now for this poem here. But in fact, I wrote a quote-unquote who am I piece years and years and years ago, which is now my signature piece entitled, I Have a Dream. Mm. So in, it, it, in some ways, no, it doesn't say the same thing, but it's very similar. It okay. speaks of my upbringing and, and um, the forces that were against me, mm. how I overcame them. Um, so, yeah, that um, I have a dream piece and why I'm still here. Um, so that, that um, it tickled me when I heard the challenge and got the, 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 um, the meaning behind it. I was like, yo, I already have that. And I talked to my wife. She was like, uh, do it again. I was like, what? <laughs> do it again, poet. I was like, oh, that's what she said. Okay. I was like, oh, you go test my pen. So, and here we are to your question. That's who I am now. All right. Um. That first line, I am a ghetto bastard. Why? That choice of word. Well, the, the definition is um, someone born to unwed parents. That's me. <laughs> So that's definitely me, but also, you know, growing up, we used to add stuff to uh, definitions. So we would also use that word as someone without a father. Uh, the father is missing, not in the home. Okay. So um, by definition. So it's rather the literal undertaking rather than anything else. Absolutely. Okay. What was your um, upbringing like? Raised in alleyways. <clears throat> I grew up on a, um, what we call a side street. Mm. You know, you have your, your, your main roads, your main, your big streets, the big boulevards. Then there's those little narrow um, streets in neighborhoods. And we used to call that spot specifically the back street. Okay. My family was like, hey, where you going? I'm finna go on the back street. Okay, cool. Um, and it, it's kind of narrow, like an alley, just about. So when I say raised in alleyways, I am referring to a specific location that I actually grew up on. Um, and the devoid of hope part, 
it was not the, the greatest place to be. It was um, strawberries, as we used to call them, you know, no disrespect women, but, uh, you know, a lot, lot of hookers and hoes came through. Um, it was flooded with dope dealers um, and gangsters. So, you know, it was devoid of hope. Y you don't go there and wish for a better day. That's where you go to die. If you ain't got no hope, that, that's where you go. Um, yeah, so devoid of hope with dim lights. So it was hard to see the future. Yeah, man. It, it was not very hopeful growing up in that environment unless you was a very strong person and you had outside sources telling you you can do better than this. What I'm looking at Oh, I can't. Hold on. I have to scroll down. I have it also on my phone. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, hold on. The last... I don't know. The last stanza. I know skin is the biggest organ, but my melanin makes it a sensation. I am a joy yeah. to roll from... That also, for me... You could also like that could be a whole nother a start of a whole nother piece, or mm -hmm. it can also be moved to like almost to the beginning. Like you can also make this an introduction to um, this could also like be the start of the poem if you if 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 you go about it a different way. Um, and the word plays sensation. Yeah. What do you, what's, what's that about? Um, I've heard, and I imagine this is not new to black folks, where we are born <laughs> unfortunately, behind the eight ball, generally speaking, uh, because, just because of our skin. Mm. Um, it, is, it has been said that it is a sin. Being black is just bad. I mean, we've lived that narrative. It's, mm. it's a bad thing to be bad, so that makes it a sin. But it takes a strong person to be like, no, this melanin that we, that we have, it's a sensation. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. Y'all hate it so much because y'all ain't this. Okay. So I, I made a play on word. It's a sin. No, man, it's a sensation, bro. Okay, it's I got sensation. you. I think that's some that is a piece of wordplay that perhaps works best because you are American. Um, yeah. It's not something that most other English speakers can kind of get away with. Um, you know, yeah, it's cool. I do agree that you could start the poem with that. Um, I like that more um, than I am a ghetto bastard. 
although that kind of has the shock value. Um, I know skin is the biggest organ, but my melanin makes it a sensation. I am a Georgia Rowe from Aubrey A, Texas Lane from Sandra Bland N. Um, I understand why you've put it there, uh, because you're then in a rhythm that allows you to kind of take it, take it to that end, um, that end which you um, leave us all wanting a little bit more on. But to open with that, that brings me in a whole lot more straight away. I'm already going, where's he going to go with this? Where's he going to go with this? Um, and maybe it is because we all know those names that you've mentioned, mm -hmm. why it's perhaps better to save them for later. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of thinking about the different ways that I would have um, put that in. and. I guess there's going to be about a billion poets that are all mentioning those same names. And yeah. the key to any good poet who wants to stand out is to go, okay, how can I use this differently without just pressing buttons for applause? And I think that, so I can applaud your construction to that extent. Yeah. Um, because you have not throwing them in just for the sake of, oh, every person's doing it, but actually it fits where you've wanted to go. Um, right thing at the right time. And, you know, it does the job. And, um, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, you don't have to change it. Please don't like move it from that spot to like the beginning. But I I love the ending that it could also be like a beginning. You know what I mean? And so, I, I know um, exactly what you mean. I, so, I can actually uh, see that. Um, <laughs> it it also plays on in the position that it is in. Mm -hmm. It it fits um, that that last line. Since unfortunately, all those folks have um, passed. No, yep. I'm gonna say their name. <clears throat> Ahmaud Aubrey, bam, Sandra Bland, mm -hmm, and Mr. Eric Garner. Yeah. Unfortunately, they have all passed. So it kind of fits with uh, that last line that says, you know, I've been scared to go somewhere for fear of dying um, for 50 years. Yeah. So um, I can definitely see both the way it is and um, if it was to be changed, I can see it working that way as well. Um, uh, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. Seven. Let's back up to the, the comment that you said about the sensation um, may not, or is this, other English folks may not grasp onto that. And it's not so right. much. A, it's not so much as like we get it when you hear it, um, yeah. but on the on the on paper, when you write as you've written it down, sation is not really its own word to that extent. Um, oh, okay. So like, if I'm going, what's a sation? Um, ah, like then oh. then it's like it is the it is that homonym. Um, so if you if you'd have written 
if you'd have written it as sensation, um, then it would have had the same impact. But I get it. Like I, I, I like what you've, I like what you've done there, and that's where you, that's that blurring of the lines between wordsmith, spoken word artist, page poet. It all kind of. Some people have an issue with it. I don't because I do that kind of thing all the time. Um, yeah. But it, it is one that generally some of your more traditional poets might go that doesn't work <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay I, uh, but you, you can you can understand you know why why i bring it up it's it's such a tiny thing but um like i like i i have no as i say i have no issue with it but i do think it is something when you show this to me on paper only works um with your with your accent and that's okay because if you follow if we follow anything American, we know that you know there are there are always going to be those unique things of the English language. If I may segue to "I Am Martin's Dream," whilst Mr. Yibby was going through. Um, the other bits, I was just reading Martin Luther King's speech just to kind of try to match up the two. Actually, the question popped into my head is like, what part of Martin's dream are you? That we are all created equal. He, um, he referred to that piece of document often. That was a big part of um, his speech. Speeches. We're all created equal. Uh, um, one day, little black boys and black girls, uh, you know, be able to hold hands in harmony and play together just on, we're human. That my skin would no longer be a factor. Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we have not gotten to that space as as um, a world, everybody. We still have a long way to go. We've come so far, but yet we have a, as a people, trying to be united, equal. Yeah, we still have a long way to go. I am lyrics that married melodies and gave birth to hope in a manger for all to adore. Break that down for me. That line as a whole is basically saying, I'm hope. Okay. Now, now let me, <laughs> I am a beacon of light. Um, I am an example of what is possible. I, I, I want to be those things also when my grandson looks at me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, wow, I can survive and, and be someone? Yes, young one, yes, you can. So now, that's, that's generally what that piece, what that line means. As I dive deeper into it, 
I am lyrics that married melodies. Well, that was a way, since the fact is, I love words, poetry, and music behind my poetry. So I am the lyrics, me as a poet, I'm the lyrics. We put it together with melodies. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. Anybody, when they add their poetry to music, it becomes, it takes it to another level if it's done right, of course. Now it gives that those two elements becomes one, and now it gives it this whole new great meaning. Well, hell, that's awesome. Just to get behind like your creative on this, what graphic or picture comes to mind when you read this? Or if this isn't if this isn't a book, not all the poetry books have like um, accompanying graphics. Some do, but mm -hmm. if this was on a book, what picture or graphic? would you want to pair this poem with? And then the second part of that is, if this is supposed to be like an audio, what type of beat or genre of music would you want to be accompanying like this piece? So part A, what picture? Part B, what music? Wow. Honestly speaking, I have, I've never thought of, an, of one image to go with this piece. This really is pieces of my life. When I read certain paragraphs, I see different stages in my life growing up. So um, the first stanza, raised in alleyways, streets devoid of hope. I see the back street, the back streets that I grew up on. I am Martin's dream. That, that line right there gives me a whole nother picture. So to, to bring it home, I, I don't... I'm having a difficulty, or let me rephrase that. I have not tried to think of one image to encompass okay. all of that. That's since I've got several images, that's I haven't sat down to think about it to try and just come up with one image that'd be like, ooh, that's the one that says all of this. I would love to work with some some artists uh, to see if we can make that happen. Um, the second one, as far as what kind of music, off the top of my head, it would be something, is, is it slumber? Is that the right word? I, I think that's the right word. Um, something real mellow, I don't want it to be like scary sound. 
a saddened mood. Esther, the top of my head. Reach out to a brother. We try to make something happen. Trying to put this right. Who are your inspirations when it comes to uh, poetry? And it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be poets, but mm -hmm. like, who do you draw your inspiration from? Who do you read if it's not poets? Like, what other authors do you read? And by reading them, do they help you with your creative process? Uh, yes, yes, and here we go. I appreciate you saying it doesn't have to be poets. <laughs> um, I will narrow down my inspirations for the sake of this, um, this segment that we're doing. You two may already know Prince is it for me. Yeah. Good music, inspiration, poetry. I, I, I draw all of that. And it's all good. Um, I will also throw in uh, Martin Luther King Jr. His speeches are full of hope and inspiration and the, the, the struggle not to give up. The determination, that's, that's a better word. The, the commitment and the, the determination in making a better way. All of that is inspiration to me. There's even you two guys, uh, keeping it honest. There's you two. Nah. Shut up, Mr. Adrian and, and Mr. Yearby, y'all poetry. These types of talks, the talks that we have, all of that is inspiration. My wife, my daughters, this is where I, I get my inspiration from. And I'm gonna end with you know, uh, Prentice Powell. Your second part of your question was like, um, oh God, something about the, the structure or how-, how um, Just like, do you read who, and- yeah, who do you read and oh, and the, as, as who do you model I, your poetry after? They, Not like go. copying their style, but just like yes, that that's that's the part I was trying to get at. Yeah, um, I, I like listening to different styles, um, and that would be <laughs> you. Mr. Yearby, when I want to mellow it out, when I want to get hmm. sensual, um, um, not even, not, not, um, what's the word am I looking for? Not X-rated. I got you. You are a master when it comes to sensual erotic poetry. And it's not like, oh my God, I'm so disgusted. You were never that. So how to walk that fine line, I put you on. Okay. Now, uh, there's my man, Prentice Powell. There's this cat named Sean Williams. There's Maya Angelou for different styles of poetry. I go to them when I want to uh, learn 
you know, uh, something new as far as a word play or a cadence. I would listen to them and then, you know, try to uh, customize it. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I want to shout out Miss uh, Betsy Hughes. We've done some duets together, man, and she has pushed uh, my pen to do some great things. All right. When it comes to your creative process, I guess, how do you start? Like, take me through a typical day of writing a piece from inception to where you go. Do you have a special place? Uh, Do you write all the way through? Do you take a break? And then how do you know when the poem that you wrote is for the world to hear or see? A typical walkthrough, I don't have one. Okay. And my writing process, or yeah, it, it is it varies. Keeping it honest, it's all over the place. I could be anywhere, around anybody. Doesn't matter what the ambiance is. Yeah. Whenever or wherever inspiration hits, that that's it. Nothing more, nothing less than just that. Now, when I am in the middle of writing, I will tell you guys this. I am, I'm awful (laughs) at sitting down and finishing a thought. I can be sitting down, right? A thought hits my, my brain, and oh my God, I'm writing it down. And for whatever reason, mid-thought, I would get up, take a, uh, I, I don't know, to go to the kitchen for no reason. I'm not hungry. I just need a distraction from a perfect flow that I have going on. And it may sound strange. It may sound crazy. It's crazy to me when I'm thinking about it. Like, I'm on a roll here. Why am I, why do I need a distraction just to come back to it and struggle to find that rhythm, find that flow again? I I, I do that a lot. I don't know what that's called. Maybe I need some couch time. I don't know. When my soul says, hey, you're done writing. Okay, now I go into edit phase. And this, you know, between writing it, completing the writing process and editing it, you know, depending on the size of the project, dude, it can take weeks. And most of that is because, you know, I got to take a break. Y'all understand when I say I take a break, right? It's not like I got to go to work or, you know, I got to go run a chore, do some chores or something. It's it's not, it's it's just, if you will. Like, dude, why'd you just get up? You're not hungry. Why are you in the kitchen? You were just on the road. Why are you watching TV now? 
a program can come on that you want to watch. It's whatever it is, I just need to be distracted. Okay. For the sake of being distracted. If, if it's coming too easy for me, the flow is there. Oh my God, and the lines are just dropping left and right. I'm just not comfortable with that. And as stupid and crazy as that sounds, <laughs> yeah, it's like I got to struggle to make this piece work, to get it done. That's, that's my crazy writing process. Okay, so what advice would you give to yourself if you were a, a poet starting out now? Mm, good question. Wow, you guys are batting a thousand with these questions. I love it. What would I tell myself? It's okay to write short pieces. That like that really is a thing to do. There's nothing wrong with writing, you know, a half of a paragraph or a, a four line. That that is a poem. Haikus are perfectly fine. That's one thing I would tell myself. Don't be intimidated by the quote unquote. Now, now what, take a listen here. Don't be intimidated by the quote-unquote rules of poetry. One of those rules is, or the, the style of poetry, because one of those styles is free verse. You, this is me talking to myself, you are a free verse writer. Wow. So be okay with that. Just because someone can sit down and write a structured, um, that's, that's the wrong word, um, a prose, and they're using the, the rules, definition of different styles of poetry, that's what they do, okay. Because you're not following the, the normal, uh, what is it, um, ambient, and, and God curse me if I'm saying this wrong, um, the, the typical flow and tone of, you know, the quote-unquote poem. Yeah. That, that's all right. Folks live by that structure. You don't have to. Okay. And, and yeah, years ago when I, when I um, was okay with that, that's when a whole new world of poetry opened up to me. I, I was, I used to be hung up on, oh man, they're going to be judging me on, you know, cause they, they looking at this, some folks may be looking, judges may be looking at this book of terms and uh, how a poem should be structured. And if I don't fit in there, then they're going to judge me accordingly. Man, I, I, when, I, when I got out of that headspace to be okay with that, a whole new world opened up for me. Got a little, uh, a little insight to this, uh, to this piece here. 
Yeah, I think it's very important to have a session like this because you may just reconnect with what you actually are in the midst of a session like this. Because sometimes we get so hung up on the writing and getting a poem out to a few ears process, especially those of us who prefer to read our work, that we forget who we are, why we do it, why we love it, and that we actually have put thought into our pieces um, more than just the editing and putting a few words down, but there's actual um, backdrops to the planet that we inhabit on paper. Word. Beautifully said, my man. Beautifully said. We know what we did, but did we really put some thought into that, you know? Probably not at the time we wrote it, but this is just another opportunity to dive into our writing, our own writing, our own process. Thank you for tuning into Lab Testing featuring DL1 Love Davids. For more details about where to find him, please check out the details in the description. This is Lab Testing, a place where the poems and sometimes the poets are placed under the microscope.